a Monday morning, and you know what that means, dreamers. Welcome back to the Isolation Station. Well, this is Daz Does Disney, and I'm your host. It's me. It's me. It's the DOZ, Landon the Daz Don't, kicking your week off the right way with a little bit of Disney news coming out of the house of the mouse in Orlando, Florida. We're talking Walt Disney World. We're halfway through January, guys. Hope your 2023 is off to a good start. And this podcast, it's off to a great start because not only am I here, we got the whole dang band back together. At this point, I want to bring in my friend and yours. He is the podfather of this very fine podcast. Uh, his very own podcast, The Pass Holders Lounge, made its triumphant return in a new format, The Pass Holders Lounge Live. This past Tuesday will be happening 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, on Twitch, every Tuesday night. And if you don't catch it live, you can still catch it wherever you get your fine podcast. It's my friend. It's your friend. It's Justin freaking Monorail. Jay, welcome back to the Isolation Station Love. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, Landon. Happy Friday the 13th weekend to you and uh, and to all of you who celebrate. I, um, you know, I celebrate it in my own way. I, I keep it in my heart and have a quiet night of reflection while I marathon all the Friday the 13th films. And and this weekend was was a special one. I got to share it with someone who had never seen them. And that's a special time, ladies and gentlemen. So I, I hope that you enjoyed all the spoils of Friday the 13th weekend, <laughs> and, and now we can move on to have a less spooky remainder of the January. I feel at this point it's kind of over-commercialized, and, <laughs> and, and the holiday has really kind of lost its true meaning, but uh, but from one Friday the 13th fan to another, may I say a happy and a, and a celebratory to you as well. I dig your hat. I know this is an audio-based format and it won't translate over, but you do have a pretty killer, pun intended, uh, Jason Voorhees hat that you are recording in. Pretty uh, pretty dope. Pretty, yeah, pretty thanks, dope. man. This a gift from, from my daughters uh, from a couple years ago. And like I said, I only get to wear it a couple times a year. So I'm, I'm stretching it out over the weekend, but today I'll, I'll retire it for at least until October after today. Because uh, we do have another October the 13th another Friday the 13th <laughs> rolling around in October. I mean, we generally have an October the 13th most years. There was that one random year in 1994 where we just went October 12th to 14th, but we're not here to talk about that. What we are here to talk about is the return of my other friend. You know her. You love her. She's had a long dang Christmas break, and quite frankly, it's time that she gets back to work. It's Steffer! Steffer's What's up, my friend? How you been? Let me tell you, you said we're halfway through January, and I said, where have I been? That's, uh, you know, loaded question, but hello, I am back, and uh, Gimli is also here as moral support during this well, troubling time. It's funny you say, where have you been? We've, we've gotten some messages, me personally, asking where you've been, but guess what, baby? You're back. We are glad to have oh. you back. I'm just... Uh, Sorry, I, I, I'm just I'm just like a proud papa right now, full family right now, full virtual table, full virtual pod studio. The bad right boys now. are back together. Yeah, bad boys That's for right. life, y'all. Yeah. What you gonna do? And well, I think we all have our emotional support dog in the room with us because I've got UA right here beside me. Is, yeah, is Zoe see? in the kitchen with you, Landon? Zoe keeps wondering, yes. wondering in and out. Uh, before y'all hopped into the uh, into the Zoom meeting, she was trying to jump into my lap. So uh, so we'll see if that happens again. So if you hear a random noise of me falling out of my chair, uh, just know <laughs> Zoe has decided uh, it's time for her to take over the. Uh oh, here she comes. 
<laughs> oh, here she comes. Hi, puppy. She's but, a lap hopper. <laughs> yeah, she does think she is a lap puppy, even though she's like 65 pounds of pure muscle. So uh, not exactly a lap puppy. But let's be honest. All, all dogs are lap puppies. It's true. It's dogs true. are the best. Dogs are the best. But you know what else is the best? Um, there's been a lot of Disney news that happened over the last calendar week. But before we get to the Disney news, uh, in I guess the last episode of 2022, I introduced a new segment calling This Day in Disney History. So I want to look ahead this week. If there are any significant dates that apply to the Walt Disney World Resort, I want to talk about them. Like today, for example, when we're recording, this will actually be yesterday if you're listening to this, the day this podcast dropped, January 15th, kind of a big day when it comes to the Walt Disney World Resort, particularly the Magic Kingdom because, oh, I don't know, a little attraction back in 1975 opened. You might know it. It's Space Mountain. Space Mountain opened on January 15th, 1975. And a little bit down the way from Space Mountain, Carousel of Progress made its debut as well in the Magic Kingdom. Um, uh, two iconic attractions in the Magic Kingdom, uh, Space Mountain in particular. I mean, it's translated and crossed over into pop culture. Uh, Ric Flair. Uh, has named a body part of his Space Mountain, as a matter of fact. Uh, you can figure out what body part it is, and uh, spoiler alert, it's actually his right elbow. Nobody nobody expects that one. And of course, Carousel of Progress made its debut before heading over to the Magic Kingdom at the... Uh, at the World's Fair in New York City. Uh, Walt was a big, big fan of the Carousel of Progress. Uh, some people to this day still are a big fan of it. Some people, not so much. Where do y'all fall on the conversation of Carousel of Progress? Is it something you gotta do? Is it something once you've done, you can check it off the list? Or is this something y'all just like straight up will not do? I think I have to be in the mood, but I'm not a, I'm not a Carousel of Progress hater. I just, I, I just if I'm in the mood I'll do it if I don't then no harm no foul it it uh it warms my heart but I also ain't got time for that all the time so <laughs> yeah for me I get when maybe a, a person who doesn't have a lot of Disney history or doesn't even care that much about Disney history kind of thinks that it's maybe boring or or something that like just isn't that impressive because let's be honest like you said it was in, introduced a long long time ago mm -hmm. um and so the technology at this point is has been a little bit surpassed even though they've refurbished and upgraded it over the years but um for me it's nostalgic and i've got a lot of like happy memories going and sitting in the that carousel theater and and enjoying singing along whether it was now is the time now is the best time or it, there's a great big beautiful tomorrow either one um they're both bops they're both bangers and uh and i and i love going and visiting john and the family when i can so and plus on a hot day in walt disney world it's nice to get in there and enjoy some air conditioning and those musty old nasty sweaty seats <laughs> Yeah, yeah, being able to get out of the sun and enjoy a little bit of air conditioning can be nice if you're down in May, June, July, August uh, time of the year. Uh, also happening on January 
15th. Uh, back in 1986, the third Future World Pavilion was added to the original roster. We're talking the Living Sea opens at Epcot. The Living Sea uh, main environment stretches 203 feet in diameter with walls 48 feet high. Uh, and of course, as we all know, that's where you can find the much-beloved Coral Reef Restaurant, which uh, allows guests to dine and view the Living Sea through giant 8-inch thick acrylic windows. Yeah, everybody loves the Coral Reef Restaurant, don't they? Mm. No. No, you know, no. <laughs> no, not a fan. I won't get into it. I've done it before. I know some people love it. It's not my favorite. I know. I was, I, I was kind of setting you up, kind of, <laughs> kind of trying to poke the bear there. I've, I've, I've never eaten at the Coral Reef Restaurant, but I'll be honest, I haven't eaten there because uh, you're not the only person that I've heard has had uh, less than stellar time at epcot and if you're in epcot i mean like like one of the draws is the good eat so why go somewhere that might not meet those high expectations you have it's the place with the fishes right yes yes well i've heard moderate things about it like i mean listen if i'm gonna eat with a bunch of animals I'm, or fishes i'm just gonna go to rainforest cafe which is also like a mediocre option but like, hmm, interesting. Well, I've never eaten there. I don't plan on it. So that that's my hot take. Wow. Minus the hot. Minus Just the take. hot. That's yeah, a cold but, take. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's, it, it's fish. It's like 30 eating, degrees. Yeah, oh. you'd be eating with a 5.7 million gallon aquarium while you're eating at the uh, coral reef with nearly 3,500 individual specimens comprising approximately 65 species of the Caribbean or Caribbean fish so there you go and uh if, if i wanted to have a mediocre animal themed uh dining attraction i'd go to t-rex in uh disney springs because uh at least dinosaurs they rule right well they yeah. ruled the earth at one point according to that one movie but that's that's at the park down the street so <laughs> um my problem with it is just that you know it's it's a table service meal at epcot it's going to be expensive and i just feel like you can get better quality or more interesting food in other places um so i if you love it i get it you know and it may be another one of those things where in the past maybe it was better i i went there as a child i don't really remember what that meal was like but going as an adult especially post covid i just haven't i just haven't loved it so i would always recommend going somewhere else but if you love fish and you want to sit and watch a, a big aquarium while you eat, then do it. Do your thing. Yeah, yeah. We're not we're not here to uh what was you you said last week? Uh yuck your yum. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. I like that. And then uh finally, January 15th, 1999, the final section of Disney World's All-Star Resort, All-Star Movies opened up with theming of the Mighty Ducks and 101 Dalmatian building. Uh, you can find theming of the previously mentioned 101 Dalmatians, the Mighty Ducks, the uh, Fantasia pool is there. Um, uh, the Herbie the Love Bug uh, puppies from the 101 Dalmatian films can be found, and some of the residents of Andy's Room from Toy Story are also featured at All-Star Movies as well. Um, when it comes to value options, uh, I would uh, I would co-sign and give the Doug does Disney two thumbs up when it comes to all-star movies I agree I think it's a it's a good place plus I mean true value your true value resorts are really the all-stars and because you go to art of animation or pop they're they're going to be a little more expensive because they're almost uh, art of animation more so than pop but they're they're like value plus right so mm -hmm. the all-stars you're getting your best value and and the movies is a good resort the Fantasia pool is awesome 
Um, I'm, I'm a convert. I had never stayed there. And I actually, to be honest, I still haven't stayed there, but I've visited the resort a few times when folks like Landon the Dawes Don't have come to town and stayed there. And um, I, I enjoyed walking around. I like the theming. The pool's great. The, I would, my only thing, I would love for them to upgrade the cafeteria. That's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if they would do that, I yeah. feel like it'd be solid. But the, but they have like you know they've done the whole room conversion thing, and I think um, it's nice. It's it's a solid option if you want to be in the bubble and save a, a couple nickels. And 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 another, I guess, not for the lack of a better term, on uh, all star movies is it is kind of out of the way, so uh, you do have to add some time into your transportation options. But then again, you're saving money, so you know you, you take the good, you take the bad, and well, there you have the uh, facts alive. Uh, January sixteenth, the day this pot is dropping, a new sports tradition at the Walt Disney World Resort begins on this cold morning when approximately. 805,000 runners from across the world line up for the very first annual Walt Disney World Marathon. The 26.2 mile route runs along normal and backstage roads past several resorts and at the time through all three theme parks. All three. All three, yeah, because you have to remember uh, Animal Kingdom had yet to be opened. And uh, echoing what Jay and I said last week, uh, congratulations to all that just ran in the uh, 2023 iteration of the Walt Disney World Marathon. Uh, doing something that I most definitely can't do and uh, most definitely something Jay will not do. And uh, we will <laughs> announce now uh, Steffers will be running in the next Walt Disney World Marathon. Isn't that congratulations, right? Steffers. That's very exciting. Training starts now. Yep. I will. I yep. Training starts now with those Krispy Kreme donuts that I have on my <laughs> table downstairs. <laughs> hey, you got a carb load before you run. I understand. Uh, I don't but, know uh, if that really counts as carb load. I think that's more like a sugar high and then a crash and then a whoosh. Hey, but you know? whatever it takes to get across the finish line, Steffers. I'm no runner, so you know what do I know? But uh, we did mention when uh, uh, the marathon first kicked off in 1994, there were only three parks down at uh, Disney World uh, and we mentioned how Animal Kingdom wasn't there but in 2011 on January 16th uh, the Wild Africa Trek at Disney's Animal Kingdom began operation. For the first time ever small groups of guests can get up close and personal with animals that call Disney's Animal Kingdom home. The adventure includes trekking with experienced guides through areas of Harambe's Wildlife Reserve not typically open to other park guests crossing a seemingly precarious rope bridge over the Safi River and cliffhanging at the edge of gullies that are home to hippos and crocodiles. You might remember last year, Steppers and I were talking about the reopening of this Wild Africa trek and talking price guides or price points rather. Um, I think this does still sound like a very cool experience. I've yet to do it, but uh, it went live this on, on this very day back in 2011. Yeah, that's something I'd like to do someday, for sure. There's a lot of really cool, like, ticketed events I'd, I'd, I'd like to partake yeah. in around uh, the Walt Disney World parks, particularly in Animal Kingdom. I agree. Steffers, you look like you were going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, in terms of ticketed events, uh, I don't I don't really remember the last time we've talked on this podcast, but I'm just going to reiterate that I do think Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party is worth uh, the, the money. 
Ooh, see. we will we will have to get your report on that because uh, the last time you appeared on this pod, uh, it was before it's like a year ago. It, it, yes, it, in fact, it feels like it was. In, as a matter of fact, it was last year. So uh, we'll have to get your opinion on that. Uh, January seventeenth, back in twenty twenty, uh, right before the World Cup fires. I vaguely wave my arms at the background. Um, uh, Epcot had quite a, quite a few. Well, in more accurately, two films debut at Epcot. Awesome Planet opens in the Land Pavilion at Epcot, an on-screen exploration of the realm we call home. The film showcases the spectacular beauty, diversity, and dynamic story that our Earth, narrated by Ty Burrell of uh, um, Modern, Modern Family. Family. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, these uh, new 10-minute film features a spectacular imagery in the theater effects and an original music score from Academy Award-winning composer Stephen Price. Uh, I'm a fan of Awesome Planet. It is a nice way to uh, catch some uh, catch some AC, sit down for a couple minutes, and uh, and watch a pretty spectacular film. And then also debuting at Epcot on January 17th in 2020 was uh, Canada Far and Wide, a Circle Vision 3D film attraction. Now, you might remember this replaces, oh, Canada. Canada Far and Wide uh, features updated sequences, a new musical score by uh, Canadian composer Andrew uh, Lockington, and narrations by uh, Canadian actors Catherine O'Hare and Eugene Levy. Uh, I know, Jay, you and I, we've experienced uh, Canada Far and Wide. Do either of you have uh, um, uh, any personal experience with uh, Awesome Planet? Yeah, I do. Thoughts? No, not for steppers. Um I like Awesome Planet a lot. It makes me feel like a terrible person every time that I (laughs) watch it because (laughs) because it reminds me how we are destroying the Awesome Planet. Um, And I'm always motivated to like do better at my recycling and things like that. But um, I think Ty Burrell, it was an interesting choice to me in the in the narration, but I think he does a great job and it's beautiful. It's 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 nice. I I recommend it. If you haven't seen it, give it a give it a look. Yeah. Mm hmm. Two thumbs up. I mean, it's right there in the land pavilion. You can catch it on your way to go living with the land. You can catch it on your way to Soren, or you can catch it on your way to go, you know, get a quick bite to eat down there in the uh, little pavilion. What? I thought you were... I thought the last one was, or you can catch it on the way to go f*** yourself. Either way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, most definitely that one. That one, too. Okay, and finally, this day in Disney history, January 20th, we're heading all the way back to 2005. Walt Disney World announces that River Country, a water park open since 1976, going way back on that one, and was in last operation up until that point, November of 2001, will remain closed permanently. Then heading over to Disney's Animal Kingdom, Expedition Everest Peak is lowered into place, making the, at that point, new attraction nearly 20 stories high. And then finally, in 2014, the Spice Road Table officially opens in Epcot, an authentic taste of the Mediterranean at the Morocco Pavilion. This restaurant features fantastic views for at uh, of the World Showcase Lagoon and whatever um, nighttime show happens to be taking place at the time. That's a tease for a uh, new story coming up. Um, I've never eaten at the Spice Road Table. I think I've gotten beverages there, but never sat down and partaken in the menu. Jay, I think you, uh, you might be a fan of the Spice Road Table. Am I correct on that one? You are correct, sir. I love the Spice Road table. It's great. I And it's another one of those things that, I mean, just another example of great food options that you can get in Epcot. And in this case, a little bit lower price. Usually, you can walk up, get a table, 
and there's like fresh stuff that makes you feel like you're not just eating fried food all day. Like it's good. I highly recommend it. Okay. All right. Well, and that has been uh, this week in Disney history. Hopefully I didn't run anybody off because uh, I'll admit that went a little bit longer than I was expecting because we actually have Disney news to talk about this week. Like, holy smokes, Disney decided to drop it all on Tuesday, which, you know, Tuesday was the debut of the Passholder Live Lounge. Uh, right, Jay? It was. And and before we dive in, I just wanted to say in world history, we must recognize you are releasing this show on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So Very happy true. Martin Luther King Jr. Day to everyone. I think a lot of us have the day off or we might be lucky enough to have the day off and we should we should recognize that. So before we just hop on, I just wanted to say that. But um, but yeah, I'll be uh, going live again tomorrow night. So if you missed last week on Tuesday, Make sure you join me tomorrow night on the Passholder Lounge YouTube, 8 o'clock Eastern. Be there, please. It's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and maybe you can hear audio. This sounds a whole lot like this. I apologize for that. There were technical <laughs> difficulties on my end. Um, little peek see behind the curtain. I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to recording and broadcasting. <laughs> so, so there is that. But like I said, Disney just uh, decided to do a massive news dump this last Tuesday. Um, uh we're going to call it the tomorrow drop uh, because Josh tomorrow in a memo just threw out just banger after banger after banger after banger when it comes to newsworthy items. But off the top, I think the biggest piece of news that came out of last week's news dump. Um, we've said it before. We've jokingly said we're pretty sure that Tron light cycle run is going to open in 2023. We've jokingly said it's probably sooner rather than later going to open. Well, we can put those jokes to bed because we have an official, pretty sure, set in stone opening day for Tron Light Cycle Run because Disney has announced that Tron Light Cycle Run will open on April 4th, 2023 in the Magic Kingdom. In a statement, Disney says, quote, Tron Light Cycle Run, presented by Enterprise, officially opens on April 4th at the Magic Kingdom Park. The story of Tron Light Cycle Run picks up after Tron Legacy, where Kevin's son, Sam Flynn, has opened a second gateway into the digital world called The Grid. The first portal was built at Shanghai Disneyland with the original Tron Light Cycle Run. When guests enter the queue at Magic Kingdom, they'll feel as they've been digitized and transported to the grid for a special light cycle race. It's your blue team against the grid's menacing programs, Team Orange. Go balls. Your goal is to be the first to race through eight energy gates and secure victory. The attraction will be one of the fastest coasters at any Disney theme park in the world. Now, before the attraction officially opens, cast members will be the first to enter the grid during special previews. And then there's been some speculation that preview opportunities will be available for guests to, particularly those who are annual pass holders and eligible Disney Vacation Club members. Um, I'm just excited that we do finally know when Tron is going to be opening. And the fact that it's a little over two months away from this recording, kind of surprising, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Well, we kind of knew that it wasn't going to happen until the 50th ended. You know, it just so happens to be, oh, the 50th anniversary is winding up. We need another reason for people to come to the parks. Let's open Tron. So I think they sandbag a little bit. Um, I'm excited for the pass holder previews. I hope I get to take part in that. I know that uh, that's something that we heard about the cast member previews. I hope the pass holder previews come up soon. But I have one question. What does it feel like to be digitized and does it tickle? 
<laughs> I'd imagine a little. Probably yeah. probably tickles a little. Probably feels the same as uh being being uh what's it called? Turned into an avatar, like the um, body scan. Yeah, yeah, probably same vibes, most likely. A little <laughs> a little tingly, a little a little buzz buzz buzz. Um and you know, then you know? So, so does that mean that weird, awkward doctor from uh, from Flight of Passage is also going to show up for Tron Life Cycle <laughs> Run? I maybe. Oh man! But I... probably not. It's possible, but I don't want to. You know, <laughs> well, I'm not ruling out any possibilities when it comes to Disney and the things that they do with their lives. But yeah, April fourth. I mean, that's relative. Tomorrow, almost. I, I mean, like in the scheme of things, with as long as it's taken Tron. In construction, I mean April fourth. I mean, Steffers was joking that is practically tomorrow in uh, in, in in the timeline for Tron Light Cycle Run. We also discovered uh, height requirements for Tron Light Cycle Run. You're going to have to be at least 48 inches tall, making Tron Light Cycle Run the tallest height requirement of any attraction in Magic Kingdom, and tying it with Rock and Roller Coaster over in Hollywood Studios for the tallest height requirement of any. Walt Disney World theme park attraction. Um, I did notice they haven't mentioned, uh, how do I phrase this? Uh, body dynamic dimensions, because mm. just with the way this uh, attraction- kind of settling. Yeah. The, the test dummies in this ride. Oh, <laughs> There's yeah. a photo in the article and it just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're using a blog Mickey uh, article and the test dummies are kind of just folded over kind Clumped. of- lifeless um uh, but with with the with the bikes on this attraction um i'm not gonna lie as somebody who has uh universal has put it has unique body dimensions aka i'm fat uh i am kind of worried if uh, my fat backside is going to be able to get on tried light tron light cycle run um and disney's not saying anything about that Obviously, once it's open to the public, we're going to find out very quickly if uh, there are "quote unquote" unique body dimension, uh, you know, re uh, restrictions. But uh, as of now, the only body restriction is the height, and that comes in at forty-eight inches tall. Um, I also think I'm actually fact-checking myself at this moment while we're talking, but I'm pretty sure they also mentioned something about lockers for this ride that they're. They're gonna have yeah. to use some sort of locker Steppers. system. Did you not listen to the episode? I wasn't last here. Week? I didn't get to put my two. It senses. was all. It was all locker talk. Yeah, oh. we had a lot of locker room talk. Mm -hmm. That was oh. like half the episode. It was big, right. beautiful locker room talk. Gen <laughs> big, strong, manly men with tears running down their face came up and said to me, "It was well, the greatest locker room talk ever." I'm gonna just put my two cents on the locker talk because evidently I was not here. <laughs> I'd like it to either be Velocicoaster style. Or like Carowinds, they do like the bins where you just stick your stuff in the bin. They lock that side, then you know, and then they unlock it when you go. Whatever. Anyway, that's they my do, two cents on lockers. The Carowinds style is like what they do at Dollywood, and I think that's very um, nice for most of the rides. I, yeah. We we speculated last week it'll probably be more like Velocicoaster. Mm -hmm. Well, so and open. and the Shanghai version of Tron Light Cycle Run, it sounds like they have what's very similar to. Carowinds, what's very similar to Dollywood, they have a bin where you put your stuff in and then you collect it at, at once you disembark off the attraction. But since the fact that Disney has gone ahead and announced that this is going to be their first locker required attraction in mm -hmm. Walt Disney World, I'm thinking, yeah, it's going to be more towards like Velocicoaster. I guess time will tell. 
Time will tell. <laughs> uh, not only on that, time will tell on uh, the unique body uh, restrictions that may or may not pop up. Uh, I am very curious to see how that one is going to play out as well. But uh, Tron Light Cycle Run, we now have a launch date of uh, April 4th of this year. It's exciting. Just in time for your birthday, Landon. Yep, just right after my birthday. Man, April 1st, big day, night one of WrestleMania, uh, then uh, night two, obviously the next night, and then a couple days later, Walt Disney World is opening Tron Light Cycle Run. Hold on a second. You skipped a whole day. There's like another big thing happening on the day before Tron <laughs> opens, and you kind of just glossed over it, and it's kind of disrespectful. Well, Steffers, it's, it's coming up in the Fine. tomorrow dump. You know what? You are right. Chronologically... We need to get there. So let's go ahead. Let's bring that one up because uh, on April the 3rd, we do have the return of a much beloved nighttime show in the Magic Kingdom, April 3rd, right before Tron Light Cycle Run launches. We have the return of Happily Ever After. Disney World put out an yeah, announcement, quote, well, I hope you're, quote, ready to begin, end quote, because fan favorite nighttime spectacular Happily Ever After returns to the Magic Kingdom on April 3rd, featuring all new projections down Main Street, USA. Disney Enchantment will be offered through April 2nd. Whether it's your first time or the park is your home away from home, get ready to reach out and find your Happily Ever After with us at Cinderella Castle soon in quote. So a couple things to take away from that announcement. Um, this isn't just a theming or a song returning from Happily Ever After. This is Happily Ever After returning, period. We also take away from that statement, Enchantment's running through April 2nd. Now, I mean, you can, if, if, if you know something's coming back on the 3rd, you can pretty much deduce something is going to end on the 2nd. So, but at the same time, we do get confirmation that Enchantment is ending with the kind of wrap up of the 50th anniversary, April 2nd. If you're a big fan of Disney Enchantment is going to be your last day to catch that. And then April 3rd, that Monday, that is when you get the return of Happily Ever After. Now, it's no wishes, but it sure is heck a whole lot better than Disney's Enchantment. <laughs> Um, also, another thing that they're adding, I guess they're taking that technically, I mean, technically, the enchantment project, like the projections on Main Street, they didn't have that for Happily Ever After before Correct. in their yesteryears. Yeah. So that's going to be a new thing, which I'm interested to see because I'm not, I mean, maybe it's a cut and paste of the old show. I highly doubt it. I'm interested to see what the new elements are going to be and what they're going to project on Main Street because I think that'll just add to how awesome that this show is, whether or not it's wishes or whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty excited. And, and by the way, now that we have official confirmation that it is officially official. um, happily ever after coming back, congratulations, Steffers. <laughs> officially, congratulations. Yep. You did Thank it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I really did it. I manifested it. everybody. Listen, yeah. I'm not I'm not one who believes in that. But if you recall, ages and eons ago, when the show was leaving, I was like, 50th anniversary ends. Watch. That's what I said. You called your show. Roll the tape. Roll the tape. The anyway. producer's not going to roll the tape. Okay. Just just well, FYI. But 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 you <laughs> but you you are right. You kind of willed this back to uh to us. So good job. 
Steffers. Um, I'd love, I, I want to thank everyone for their support during this troubling <laughs> time. <laughs> but we did it. We got through it. And and I I do think it's a good move that they're taking away probably the best thing from Disney's Enchantments and is and it is the projections down Main Street and they're going to add it to Happily Ever After and it's like Enchantments it was it was a fine show but it didn't live up to the expectations that I think I and a lot of other Disney fans had for a nighttime show that debuted for the 50th anniversary of the Walt Disney World Resort. It just, it was, it was fine. And fine is not a way you want to describe something that is being brought forth for, like I said, the 50th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom. And uh, then they lumped it into the resort itself, but still. I don't think a lot of tears will be shed on April 2nd when uh, Enchantment goes dark for the final time. You know, you say that, but I will point out that more than likely Enchantment was someone's first ever Magic Kingdom Nighttime Spectacular. And that being the case, people are going to miss it, you know? Yeah, that's so true. It, it's just like, you know, people who their first one was Wishes and they could never get past that and enjoy Happily Ever After. <clears throat> Jen. But... Um, <laughs> well, that too, but also they, they did... They did make it where it, it they listened to us, quote unquote. They did add that little little Walt part they to did. it, which made it a little bit more in more in the realm of what I think a lot of people were expecting, including myself. I mean, I'm not yeah. gonna I mean, I'm not gonna poop on it. I just <laughs> I'm also not gonna praise it, but I I'll you know, I'll save my pooping for the toilet instead of on just you know enchantment i mean <laughs> i always yeah. gotta bring it up you it do always a... have to yeah i'm always surprised that, that, that when we break out the scatological talk it's not me it's steffers well <laughs> enchantment was a great fireworks show for you to poop on there it is <laughs> yep yep that's why he's here ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Oh, and, and and I mean, you do make a good point. This was somebody's first Disney nighttime spectacular, so it, it will always Can you imagine hold. their first Disney nighttime spectacular was Epcot Forever. Woof! <laughs> <laughs> wow, a shot out of the blue at Epcot Forever. <laughs> well, okay, you know what? You bring up Epcot and nighttime spectaculars. Um, Steffers got her wish. Uh, Jay, it's now your time to get your wish. Do you want to uh, talk about this uh, this next story? How about that? Should I should I start by singing "Bye Bye Little Sebastian," <laughs> but but like weave in barges somehow? Um, guys, I'm not happy to see Harmonious go. I'm not. I like Harmonious. However. If we have to lose Harmonious in order to lose the barges, bye-bye, Harmonious. Good riddance. And don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Um, I'm sorry. I hate the barges. I hate, I've hate. i hated them since they started building them. I think they're cool. I wish they weren't in the World Showcase Lagoon. They're like these technological marvels. But they ruined all of my views across that beautiful World Showcase Lagoon. Who wants to get a Tory Gate picture Looking at Spaceship Earth with a big taco barge in the background. Nobody wants that. Nobody. It's not Taco Tuesday every day of the week. Get those things out of here. It, they really I really could have just dropped them into the water. Rose them from the ashes. Rose dropped them, them into the 
I think it would have just been more of like a cool effect. Like, Whoa! no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, them they, coming out of the water would have been cool. Or, or Honestly, they... if they could have done that, that would have been super epic and amazing. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm done now. I, I feel much better. I let it all out. Bye-bye, barges. And moving on, we don't know what's coming next. But Epcot Forever returns. Well, temporarily. Uh, yeah, it's it's the bridge show again. But we don't know what's after that. Yeah, uh, so if you weren't able to uh, decipher what Jay said through his uh, victory dance, uh, Harmonious is going away, uh, and therefore that means the barges are going away. Uh, Disney released a statement saying that Harmonious will have its final performance again on April 2nd and that Epcot Forever will return on April 3rd. Uh, they also confirmed the, quote, phased removal of firework platforms uh, following the final Harmonious performance. In a statement, Disney said, quote, and as we shared at the D23 Expo in September, an all-new nighttime spectacular is planned to debut at Epcot later this year. Before the new show launches, we will be bringing back Epcot Forever as an interim show over the skies of the World Showcase Lagoon starting April 3rd. Similar to how it appeared in 2021, Epcot Forever is the perfect offering while our entertainment team preps the lagoon, including a phased removal of firework platforms, aka barges, following the final harmonious performance on April 2nd. A limited time spectacle of lasers, lightings, special effects, and fireworks, Epcot Forever returns with a collection of songs that offer both a trip down memory lane and look toward the future, end quote. Um... I'm kind of bummed that Harmonious... No, I'm not kind of... I am bummed that Harmonious is going away. I loved Harmonious. That was a great show. But, kind of echoing what Jay said, during the daytime, those barges were kind of an eyesore. And if you if you never got a chance to see them in person and you only saw pictures of them on social media, I don't know if you realize just how much of an eyesore they were. Because that was, that was kind of my sentiment before I got down to Epcot and saw them with my own two eyes. I saw people like Jay would, I mean, they'd be like, hey, it's a it's a lovely Wednesday. Just made uh, waffles for breakfast. Also, the barges suck and are an abomination <laughs> against God. Send tweet. Be like, okay, whatever, dude. Yeah, we know, you, you, you hate barges. They can't be that bad. I go down and see them walking around the World Showcase and looking across the lagoon. It's like, wow, these really do suck. Um, pictures don't do them justice, just how much they kind of are the fly in the ointment so to speak of what at one point was i mean one of the most picturesque views you could get on property looking across the world showcase wherever you were but jay mentions that tory gate view where you're looking through the gate and you see my girl the epcot ball in the background now i mean it, as it is right now you 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 don't have that it's it's obscured by as you lovingly referred to it as a taco barge but um I am bummed that Harmonious is going away because I thought it was a very good nighttime show and it used those barges and the Stargate technology very well. That said, they were there, you know, all day and it kind of did rain on the parade, so to speak, of you when you were walking around World Showcase Lagoon. Uh, I am curious what is going to replace Epcot Forever and when it is going to replace Epcot Forever. 
now they're they're not going to bring back well you know what stepper stepper's brought back (laughs) harmonious so sure let's let's let her call her shot because she might be the only one that could bring it back well okay steppers if you can manifest listen okay listen okay listen this is this is my reasoning and this is the only reason why i'm actually putting like some some fire into this figment is becoming more and more and more and more and more powerful in these parks (laughs) i'm just saying you know illuminations figment womble combo merry christmas Honestly, I just really like illumination, so I just want to manifest that. But like, if they could come up with a cool not taco bargy, uh, or even taco bargy, but like they like rise from the ashes, we can talk about it. That's fine. That would be That's cool. No, I, I, I will also say I walked by while Harmonious was going, and I didn't hate it, but I was a little triggered. But that was like a personal problem. So like, but it was cool. I will say I will not poo-poo on Harmonious. I don't think you can give a review at all if you just walked by Steph. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it enough. I just, it was a little tough for me to watch for personal reasons. So I was like, yeah, but like it was, you know, all right. I'm not going to poo poo on it. Like it okay. was vibing. We were vibing on it. And I also like, I kind of low key stopped for the Mulan part because it's Mulanda. Yeah. And I mean, if if you know Steffers, that's practically her saying she loved it. So I mm-hmm. mean, that that's that's, that's that's high praise from Steffers. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take what you can get at this point from me. Yeah, All right, I, I accept it. I I do appreciate the fact that, and I hope it won't go away that we've got the uh, on Disney Plus. You can watch Harmonious with like the live orchestra. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. So just keep that up there because the music very good. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. again, the the technology they had with the Stargate and the barges, it's like for the show itself, I thought was very good but the problem is the show ain't going on all the time and the sun's up for a lot of the day and it's like oh yeah there they are there they are something that i it was sort of like a bittersweet thing for me during the entire i'm saying this as if it's past tense the barges are still there but during the entire run of the barges was anytime someone that like was a, a follower on twitter or instagram or whatever it may be that i would i would be letting them know these things are disgusting. They're giant. You're going to hate them. People are like, well, I'm going to wait and see. That's always how it was. Always. And then by the time someone would go into Epcot and walk up to World Showcase Lagoon for the first time, they'd be like, you were right. They are gigantic because they are way bigger than they look on pictures. And they're disgusting. It was a nice little piece of happiness that I would get. But still, then it would just deepen my hatred for those barges. It would, it, would, it, would, it would feed your hate and get you one step closer to it the dark made side. Me more powerful. Yeah, I will uh, I will raise my hand. I most definitely, like I talked about, I, I went through that. It can't be that bad. Then I saw it. It's like, oh, this really is that bad. But Yeah, they were. Uh, um, uh, we'll be interested to see what timeline Disney follows to uh, remove the barges because this is going to be a time-phased situation. It's not going to be an overnight April 2nd. Uh, Harmonious ends April third. The barges be. are gone. I mean, it, it could be, be but, but I mean, won't. like, like, like you have to remember those were like installed, like permanently, like riveted and and concreted into the ground. I, I did see somebody point out on Twitter, how would you like to be part of the crew 18 months ago uh, who was hired to permanently install these barges, and then 18 months later, Disney calls you up, hey, uh, we need you to come back and cut this crap out. Well, I mean, they don't care. They're getting paid both That's times. That's true. So That's true. Yeah. They're getting it coming and going. They're just working. But I, I think more so on the side of the creative team who probably thought that they had 
come up with a masterpiece and something that was going to blow people away. And that, that to me is the saddest part, honestly, because I know a lot of hard work went into it and I know a lot of creative people, you know, put their heart and soul into something and, and I get it. And, I, and I'm not trying to, to take anything away from them. I just, it, it never should have been greenlit bottom line. It was, and it happened and I, and we're moving on. Here's a, here's an idea. If those taco barges are buoyant, if the if they're seaworthy, turn them into real taco barges and send them around World Showcase Lagoon. I'd love to grab myself a taco off of a taco barge in the middle of the day. <laughs> Wait, did Jay just do a face turn on the barges? No, because then it'd be mo movable, right? <laughs> it, it doesn't have to stay there. Oh, great! So it so it could move around and block. Uh, it, it's a movable uh, eyesore that blocks your view of the World Showcase Lagoon. It just comes out you at lunchtime. Hypocrite. You and then hypocrite. it goes away. You're a hypocrite. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so Steffers got her wishes of happily ever after coming back. Jay's getting his wish of the taco barges going away. So now it's Landon's turn, maybe, to get his wish. Well, kind of maybe. Um, Park Pass reservations. Not going away, dot, 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 yet. But if you're an annual pass holder, they are being tweaked. Uh, part of the DeMauro news dump uh, in a memo, Josh DeMauro said that uh, annual pass holders will not need to make park reservations for afternoon entry on most days. DeMauro noted that APs will not need to make a park reservation pass when entering Walt Disney World theme parks after 2 p.m., with the lone exception being Magic Kingdom on the weekends, which is kind of keeping with the current system. The changes will take effect, quote, in the coming months. In that memo, quote, beginning in the next few months, Walt Disney World annual pass holders will be able to visit the theme parks after 2 p.m. without needing a park reservation except Saturdays and Sundays at Magic Kingdom theme park. Pass blackout dates will continue to apply like they do today. While the theme park reservation system remains important to manage and maintain attendance in our parks, especially on busier days, we realize our pass holders enjoy more spontaneous visits, and this change will make that possible. Uh, we will share the start date with pass holders soon for when these offerings will become available, end quote. Now, if you're a listener of this podcast, you know I very loudly think that Disney needs to do away with the park reservation system because even in their statement, they say that the park reservation system, uh, quote, remains important to um, manage attendance in our parks, end quote. And if you see on social media, you can uh, know that's a flat out lie. So um, if you're citing it for doing X and it's not doing X, you should get rid of it because it's being more of a hindrance, at least in my opinion. And I have cited how annual pass holders in particular are being kind of hamstrung, so to speak. Uh, and it removes the ability of like, hey, I got nothing going on uh, on this, you know, evening. Let's head down to Epcot and, you know, go eat and drink around the World Showcase. Oh, crap, we don't have a park reservation. We can't. So um, I do like the fact that they are moving, I guess, somewhat away from the park reservation system. This does give me a little bit of hope that eventually they will fully move away from the park reservation system. I'm still, you know, not holding my breath on it, but this, this right here gives me a little, little bit of hope that that dream is still possible. Uh, Jay, you being a local AP, uh, this has to make you very happy to hear. It does. It's great news. I, uh, I mean, like I said in the past, like it, it's, 
the reservation system is a pain in the butt, but I, it hasn't really impacted me that much aside from just remembering to like hop on and make a reservation. Cause even like at now we're recording, it's after lunchtime. If I, if I wanted to make a reservation and go over to, assuming they're available and go over to um, Epcot or Hollywood studios or something, I could do it. But on the rare occasion, the parks fill up and they, you know, may not be available um, on like the busiest days. But honestly, do I want to go and get in that mess on that day anyway? I don't know. But it is nice to have the flexibility because like you said, you know, on just a random day, um, as a pass holder, that's the advantage of you just being like, oh, I, I don't have anything to do this evening. Um, there's a couple things I haven't tried at Festival of the Arts yet. Let's hop over there and maybe get a little snack or something. Um, and it's really nice to be able to get that ability back uh, without having to worry about that extra step of making a reservation. So all good. Um, you would think that because you have to buy park tickets for a specific park um, on a specific day, and that's only true for single day one park tickets, um, that... Or I guess it's just one park tickets in general. Because Park Hopper, how would they know? But if you're buying a ticket for a day, maybe they could use those sorts of sales to judge if, if they're saying they use it for, like, cast member staffing. Um, just sort of project out. But I don't I don't know. It is a little bit uh, a little bit hard to believe that they say that they're actually using it to improve guest experience. I'll tell you, I was in Epcot yesterday. It was extremely crowded. And uh, I think it has been this weekend just for Festival of the Arts, and it's a holiday weekend. But, uh, wow. I Moving around the park was a challenge. And so if they're capping it, I, I don't know what the cap is, but it seems like it was higher than 100%. <laughs> wow. Well, and, and, and you cite this weekend, it being a holiday weekend, it was the kickoff of the Festival of the Arts. So they, they were, you know probably expecting a high crowd but at the same time it's like i saw some of those pictures on social it's like holy lord that is a just mob of humanity yeah it was and i mean that being said i was still able to get a figment popcorn bucket yeah you were so. we're gonna we're gonna talk about that here <laughs> uh here in a little bit but uh i am excited that these changes are coming to the uh park reservation system but again i do want to iterate because disney is iterating um or reiterating rather uh, these changes will take an effect quote in the coming months. So this is not something that has already happened. It's not something that's happening overnight. And Disney said that they will reach out to APs and let them know when this change will occur. So if you're an annual pass holder, keep an eye on the email address that is associated with your AP. And uh, I would imagine that is how you will know first. But of course, once we find out, we will let you below the listener know that as well. And, and there's even more news coming out of the tomorrow news dump. Um, uh, Josh tomorrow announced that um, uh, if you purchase Disney genie plus, you will now have access to complimentary on-ride attraction photos in a statement saying, quote, beginning in the next few months, guests purchasing Disney Genie Plus service will also receive digital downloads of their Disney Photo Pass attraction photos taken in the park on the day they were purchased at no additional charge. Attraction photos are taken while in the parks at more than a dozen of our most popular attractions, including Space Mountain, Slinky Dog Dash, Test Track, Expedition Everest, and more. I 
Josh tomorrow here saying, I always love looking back at the family photos of our favorite attractions. It's a perfect way to remember and celebrate your theme park visit together. An exact launch date will be announced at a later time. Now, this change only applies to Walt Disney World at the time of this recording. Could that change and be expanded over to Disneyland in the future? Sure, it could, but you know what? This is Walt Disney World podcast, so uh, let uh, Hyperion Adventure talk about that when it gets announced. Hi, Hyperion Adventure. Uh, go download and listen to them and leave them a five-star review. But um, I think this is a very cool development. I'm kind of honestly surprised uh, this wasn't introduced when Genie Plus was first introduced to the public, but at the same time, I'm glad it finally got there. Well, my thing is, is I don't think I, that was even a, a thought in my brain. Because, I so spoiler alert, I didn't read any of these articles prior to us recording this podcast. Yeah, you don't admit that. Come on. <laughs> but I am pleasantly surprised. I think this just incentivizes the program more. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if I would... St I don't know if I'm still going to partake in the program unless I'm going through, like, a peak, peak time. But I think that that's... Let's be honest. We all just want to post our photos on Instagram and Facebook and all the different uh, social media platforms. So, like, digital downloads, like, what is it? Because it goes up to, like, $30 for Genie Plus. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember what the price is anymore. I mean, I think that that's pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, it's, it, I think it's a good value, yeah. Because it's 20, to, 20 or 25 for a digital download for one photo anyway. So, like, I think, I mean, I think you're going to get the value if you're going to, if if you decide to bite the bullet and buy it i don't know that's just my hot take i think that this is a good move disney good job daddy tomorrow <laughs> yeah it's a, a definitely positive uh piece of news like just adding value to something well wow what a what a what a unique idea <laughs> a novel uh, concept yeah <laughs> yeah um it's interesting that it's just specifically on ride photos i guess that's you know, if, if you want to actually go visit a, a PhotoPass cast member and get a picture in front of the castle, you'd still have to pay for that. Wait, um, can't but, you purchase the Genie Plus for meet and greets? Isn't that a thing? Um. Oh, so you're saying you could you can like queue mm. up to meet Mickey? Yeah, with, isn't that with Genie Plus? But yeah, but it, I I don't think you're gonna get that. It doesn't say that you're gonna On get that ride, picture for free. That's okay. yeah. Listen, like, Disney. <laughs> Yeah, I did notice there was some uh, wiggle room left in this statement. There is some uh, ambiguity, so to speak, mm. when it comes to what Disney has put out there. There is still some questions left to be answered when it comes to this, kind of talking about what Steffer said, kind of pointing out what Jay said. Um, that said, I do think this is a good step in the right direction. Yeah. And echoing what Steffer said, it's like, I didn't realize this was something that I wanted, but now that it's been put into play and it's been introduced, it's like, yeah, why weren't you doing this to begin with? Because, I mean, now that especially we have the uh, variable pricing for Genie Plus on more busy slash popular days in the parks, you're going to be paying through the nose for Genie Plus. Um, and the fact that they're giving you a little bit extra, a little bit more oomph, uh, a little bit more bang for your buck, so to speak, on Genie Plus, I think this is a, this is a good move. But I do think it's interesting in the statement, it does specify attraction photos. But like Stepper said, you can use Genie Plus for character meet and greets, so maybe it would include that. Don't know if it would necessarily. It says on ride, doesn't it? It says on ride, yeah. Yeah. But then also in the statement, it says attraction photos. So. Huh. 
Again, yeah. clarification there's, on there's that. Some, there's some gray room on this. Um, and again, uh, th they don't have an exact launch date for this feature. Um, kind of going back to what we were talking about, Tron and the uh, unique body uh, dynamics. Uh, I have a feeling once it's live, those questions will be quickly answered. But I... Disney didn't have to do this, so the fact that they are doing it, uh, yay, uh, good job, Disney. But at the same time, there is still some uh, gray areas on this. I'm curious to see how it's going to shake out. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to diminish that at all. I, I think it's a rare occasion where we can say, like, Disney's actually adding value to something, um, you know, just, just to do it. And so we should recognize that. All I'm saying is I wish they had been a little more clear on what's <laughs> excluded. That's That's all. And, and and I think I think that's that's a fair statement. Uh, let us know if we still need to, you know, if we want the pictures of meeting the great Goofini who's now returned, if we're gonna have to, you know, pay extra for that, or if we book it on Genie Plus, that digital picture will just be included. There some clarification would be nice, but like I said, we'll probably get some clarification closer to when this feature is implemented or heck once the feature itself is live but a new feature or i guess a returning feature that is live went live last week january 10th uh if you or your party are staying at a hotel on the walt disney world resort complimentary self-parking has returned once again josh tomorrow in the tomorrow news dump said in a statement quote beginning this evening january 10th Overnight self-parking will once again be offered complimentary to guests staying at Disney Resort Hotels at Walt Disney World. This is a Disney difference many of you have asked us to bring back, and we're happy to reintroduce it to make your vacation a little easier and more affordable. Whether you're road tripping across the country, renting a car, or vacationing as a local Florida resident. As a reminder, Disney Resort Hotel guests also continue to receive complimentary standard parking at Walt Disney World theme parks, daily early theme park entry with valid admission and park reservation and complimentary on-site transportation options such as bus, monorail, and Disney Skyliner. Um, uh, Disney had, pre excuse me, end quote. Disney previously had changed and started charging for overnight self-parking at the hotels during the uh, reign of chapstick uh, that some have identified it as. But kind of going back to what Steffers said a little bit ago, this is Disney listening to us as the consumer, listening to us as the guests. And Josh tomorrow in his statement cited that this is something the guests were not happy about and guests wanted to go back to the way it was. So I'm glad that a, Disney is listening, and they're admitting that they're listening, and B, they did a reverse course on this to save a little bit of money on your trip down to Disney, which, as we all know, going to Disney ain't cheap. Not even a little. I have... I... Okay. I'm going to speculate for just a second, but does anybody else notice the timing of all this? And, like, I just... I feel like... There was maybe a bottleneck or there were things in the works that they were waiting for Iger's return. Like, I just feel the timing of all these announcements and all these changes are a little sussy, guys. I'm just, I mean, huh, not that that's a bad thing. All of these are great announcements and I'm not, I'm not saying we got to poo-poo on them. <laughs> I just think, because people used to, like, blame, like, oh, well, you know, Josh is in charge of all of these things. Like, it's in his court to kind of make these changes, or I don't even know what people were saying. But something to that effect. 
And now that these changes are happening, right when Iger comes back, it just seems questionable. Well, it's it's funny you mentioned that because uh, you're not the only one that has speculated on all these changes coming out after the ceremonial changing of the bobs, the removal of Chapik and reinstalling of Iger because some people have asked this on social media and it got to the point that the New York Times asked Demaro himself and Demaro directly answered that question of who might be responsible for those changes. And he said that changes aren't thanks necessarily to the return of Bob Iger, but rather a result of listening to feedback of passionate fans. Here is what he said to the New York Times, quote, this is not necessarily a change in leadership. I have a lot of face-to-face conversations with guests when I'm walking the parks and I read a lot of their comments online. If you move a tree, if you change a procedure, if you start asking for reservations, that's a big deal to our guests. They care. They really, really care. And if people care that much, then I have an obligation to listen and, when appropriate, to make some changes and modifications, end quote. That was what Josh DeMauro said to the New York Times, kind of answering the question or statement that you threw out there, Steffers. I, okay, I'll accept it. I, it's still question of marks for me. I, because people have been saying it since like the stuff started so i don't know but the stuff did start under a former ceo that's what i'm saying and so the the thing about it is like i well i guess my question to you are you is this part of like your um espionage conspiracy theory uh, 100 it's always okay well i don't think it's that so much as it could be because i love daddy tomorrow i'm going to defend him for a minute it could be that he had these ideas and he was getting shot down well that's yeah so prior to Iger. yeah oh yeah so that's what i'm saying i think i think that either this solidifies like chapek needed to go because he was clearly hindering these changes being made, or, you know, this is some part of some bigger plan <laughs> that we are just not ready for. I don't know. I just wanted okay. to say that to, so, you know, the listeners, like the little seeds are planted, you know. It's, this is, is this the Disney version of InfoWars? What are we doing here? <laughs> oh, Lord. That's right. You heard it here first, folks. They're putting chlorine in the waters down at the Magic Kingdom to turn Kermit the Frog gay. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, uh, But uh, I do think it is interesting because after uh, the ceremonial changing of the bobs, uh, there were several... pieces that came out i'm trying i think it was business insider they had a write-up about how even from the outside bob Iger was not exactly thrilled with how bob chapik had handled things so if somebody as prominent as bob Iger on the outside wasn't happy with how chapik was handling things you would have to imagine some people underneath him weren't happy and we found out that people weren't <laughs> what are you happy. saying about his wife landon Oh, waka waka. Everybody's a comedian now. Um, uh, But we found out that there were people who were serving on the board underneath him that weren't happy. And that was part of what started the ceremonial changing of the bobs. It was kind of that Game of Thrones stuff that we found out that really started the ball rolling to get Chapik removed. So kind of talking about what you're, I guess, combining what you're both talking about. I think that a lot of this had been talked about, had been proposed, but when you have somebody or had somebody like Bob Chapik being the thumbs up, the thumbs down, the Caesar 
for the lack of a better term, who was just permanent thumbs down on everything. Once he's gone, once that hindrance is gone, ideas can finally start flowing through that proverbial gate. So I do think it's interesting that all of this news dropped on the 10th of January all at once, because heck, even one of these stories would have been big enough to dominate the theme park news cycle. But Disney went just full ham and, and dropped it all on the 10th. Um, I it's It is curious, but at the same time, I'm not going to get into whatever... Um, conspiracy theory that Steffers is trying to start. So, so, so there is that. But I, I'm excited that that Demaro is saying he is listening to fans. He cited that several times in a lot of the statements that I read from the memos that he put out. And it's like I, I've, I've had personal experience running into Josh Demaro in the parks uh, on the on the day that Rise of the Resistance opened in Hollywood Studios. I made friends at Oga's Cantina and we were talking about uh, our boarding groups for Rise of the Resistance. Uh, they were in the uh, high 70s, my boarding group was like in the very high 100s. We're talking like 180 and up. So it was looking like I wasn't going to be able to get on it. And their their boarding group was called and they just happened to go talk to a guest member and lo and behold, look who turns around. It's Josh freaking tomorrow. He's like, okay, yeah, let me, let me, uh, let me take care of this, and and we'll get you in your in your uh, friend's boarding group, and I'm able to ride it with them on opening day. So I mean, and and uh, over the holiday season, we saw going back to Disneyland. Not only was Josh tomorrow uh, having FaceTime with fans in Disneyland, Bob Iger was too. So I mean, I'm not the Daddy tomorrow stand that Jay may be, but Josh tomorrow does seem to be listening to us fans. Now, don't go, you know, crazy like some people do online. You can be a fan, but remember, fan is short for fanatic. Just, just you know, uh, in good taste. How about that, y'all? But uh, speaking of good taste, speaking of good moves that Disney is making, um, this past week we saw the return of the Festival of the Arts to Epcot, or as we lovingly refer to it on this podcast, Farts! because farts are hilarious. And something that returned to the Festival of the Arts is that plastic little fucker in popcorn bucket form. We are talking the figment popcorn bucket is back. And last week, I asked the question, that, that Jay might have asked the question as well, are we going to be able to use the mobile order option like we did towards the end of the figment popcorn bucket run last year? Because if you remember when it was first introduced into the wild, there were several hour waits to get said popcorn bucket. Um, I am happy to announce that Disney is doing the smart thing from day one and is using the mobile order option through the My Disney Experience app. So you will be able to place your order for a figment popcorn bucket through the app. And uh, one of us, as a matter of fact, has experience getting said figment popcorn bucket. Uh, Jay yeah. was fortunate enough to get a figment popcorn bucket on day one of the farts. Uh, Jay, what was your experience like? A, not only using the My Disney Experience uh, app to place a mobile order for said popcorn bucket and then getting the popcorn bucket itself. Well, first I would say it was day two. Oh, excuse, um, excuse me. My bad. Uh, I feel bad about that. Let's just go ahead and shut the podcast down. I was wrong. Well, the reason I say that is because, you know, one of the things that I think is a big concern with these is just the limited supply and quantity. And um, day one, I, I had noted that by like two o'clock, the mobile order option was 
gone. Like they, they said all the popcorn buckets had been distributed for the day by like two o'clock on wow. day one. So day two comes along. Now I could not get an Epcot reservation because it was last minute. So I made a Magic Kingdom reservation, which allowed me to go ride the railroad. But then <laughs> around 1.30, I was like, okay, I need to start like planning to head over to Epcot because I wanted to get over there and check out a few things and then just take a shot and see if I could get the popcorn bucket. Well, while I was in, Ep er, in the Magic Kingdom, I brought up my My Disney Experience app. I searched for Figment. And what will happen is if you put in Figment and hit search, it comes up with souvenir distribution. And so it's not a restaurant. It's like a totally separate thing. You click on that. And then I was able to pick a window, even though I wasn't in Epcot, I was able to pick an arrival window. And um, I picked 3.30, 3.30 to 4. And, um, and then I got to hop on the monorail, go on over to Epcot and pick it up. And it was super simple. It was like you, you pay for it on the app. You can get two, two per person. But yeah, I wasn't even in the park. And then by the time I got there, it was time to like check in, walk over to the Odyssey, which is now Figment's Inspiration Station. Had myself a rainbow cake to celebrate and I got my popcorn bucket. It was great. It was a super easy experience. No stress, no lines. As soon as I said I was there, I got the notification that my order was ready, walked in and got it. That's awesome. And no fuss, no muss. You got to love to hear that, especially compared to the stories we heard from day one, or in your case, day two of farts last year, where people were lined up before Epcot even opened to stand in line for hours to buy a figment popcorn bucket. So I'm, I'm glad that you didn't have to deal with that. And you're able to walk away with a couple figment popcorn buckets. Yeah. One for me, one for May. Super happy. And, and I do think that the supply this year maybe has increased. We'll see if it makes it all the way through the festival. I don't think that it will. Oh, but mm, mm, mm. I hate to hear that because my trip and my day down in Epcot, I think, is the two days before the festival itself shuts down. So we'll, I, I will be able to let I you hope. know. I will yeah. be able to let you know if uh, if uh, Figment makes it to the end of the uh, festival. But let me just tell you, if uh, I do not get to get my Figment popcorn bucket, Sad times for Landon will be had. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I hope that it does. I hope that it does last. But um, oh, also, I wanted to note. So when you get the figment popcorn bucket, it includes rainbow popcorn. And they put it in a little plastic bag inside of figment so that it's not like you don't have to worry about cleaning it out or anything. Um, That's so, a smart move. That's a, yeah. because like I think we, uh, me and Steffers, we even talked about last year when uh, the Figment popcorn bucket was initially introduced, it's like, that's a weird looking popcorn bucket. It has some odd crevices and places for popcorn to hide. So so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they're not just pouring it in. And especially with the rainbow, rainbow popcorn, that stuff is uh, sticky, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, you, you probably don't want, don't want that, but uh, you still get to enjoy the popcorn. So there you go. Yeah, a little added bonus celebratory rainbow popcorn after my rainbow cake well that's not the only bit of figment news we have uh steffers mentioned it that figment is kind of uh taking the world over a, a new spaceship earth show debuted featuring figment for the 2023 epcot international festival of the arts the uh, show features audio from figment and the Dreamfinder as spaceship earth is lit up in a rainbow of colors. There are tons of YouTube videos out there from opening weekend. Uh, I've watched a couple. Blog Mickey has a very good one, just bang front and center uh, in front of my girl, the Epcot ball. And uh, 
if you're a fan of Figment, fan of the Dreamfinder. I love the fact that uh, the Dreamfinder's also getting some love. So this is audio from the original Journey into Imagination. Uh, so I I love the fact that that's getting some love as well. So uh, I look forward to catching that in person. And on top of that fun note, uh, Rainbow Connection also makes its return to the Festival of the Arts. I got to say, um, of all the 50th anniversary additions around the parks, statues, they're cool. But what they've done with my girl, the Epcot ball with the lights, far and away the best part of the 50th celebration. Just so dang cool. And Josh tomorrow, if you're listening to fans, listen to this specific fan. Keep doing this with Spaceship Earth. It's incredible. It is beautiful. Best beacon of magic. I was going to say, is it controversial to say that this is better than the Dreamlights on the castle? That's not what on they this were podcast. Called, right? It's, 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 it's right, not controversial. Cool. All right. So keep 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 the the lights on the ball. That's all I gotta say about that. I've learned to live without the the dream lights on the castle, even though it was pretty once upon a time. Um. Yeah, and we love we love Figment. Go Figment. We stand. Go Figment. Go. Yeah. It, it it really does seem like Figment's getting a lot more play in the last few years. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily because Disney realized. Uh, us fans will spend a lot of money on anything figment or if disney realizes that you know figment is that important to us fans or it's a combination of the two but i love the fact that figment is getting more love and more attention more is that meet and greet though yeah coming 2023 question mark (laughs) he's all over the festival of the arts they might as well call it the figment farts (laughs) Well, it's funny you say that because there are some new uh, photo ops and magic shots for the Festival of the Arts, and most of them, they do feature figment, whether it be uh, getting yourself a pair of figment wings on your back or figment, uh, like, breaking out a, a rainbow above you and your party or whether it's figment on the ground doing his own version of chalk art. I think is cool. Uh, you can find uh, the chalk art figment in front of uh, Spaceship Earth. You can find the rainbow figment in front of the Tory Gates. And it looks like uh, the figment wings photo shop, photo shot can be found in front of, appropriately enough, journey into your imagination where figment normally lives. Of course, uh, you do have the uh, tiny world magic shot in front of Spaceship Earth. Uh, depending on what time of day it is, whether or not my girl, the Epcot ball is lit up, that can be featured in your background as well but regardless what time of day or night it is you are going to get a fun festival of the arts frame around it as well and then they have artful step-in frames where uh, you can literally step into works of art so if uh, you want to be smiling around uh, Mona Lisa or you know hang out with George Washington as he goes across the Potomac you have that option uh, but I think it's I think it's always cool going back to photo passes and stuff like that uh, talking on Genie Plus, uh, I sprung for the photo pass option on my annual pass because I do love these photo pass shots, these magic shots, whether they be on attractions or whether it be with a cast member, you know, set up shop in front of Spaceship Earth or in front of the Tory Gates. I love getting these things. So uh, if you are down for farts, I highly recommend you take the time to uh, go get these exclusive Festival of the Arts photo shops or photo shots and magic shots as well. Do it. Jay, uh, did you partake in any of those fun shots? 
No, because my annual pass does not include photo pass anymore. So, mm. yeah, yeah, that's 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 still a bummer that that's an a la carte option. Yep, it was a bummer, but and I and I'm sad because I would love to get some of those shots. I, you know, I love a photo shoot, Landon. Oh, I know you do, and and, and the camera loves you too, my friend. <laughs> but no, I didn't get to. Well, maybe if we make enough noise, Josh tomorrow will bring that back included with APs. That would be nice. I doubt it, but that would be nice. Of course, I, I never would have guessed that they would um, take away the paid parking at the resort. So I guess anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Well, they took it away, but they brought it back. So, you know, uh, to quote Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. So, uh, yeah. you know. Um, everything is awesome. No, everything is is awesome, but uh, but but that's 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 not a Disney property stuff. Sorry, did, my bad. Or did Disney buy that? Mo- I don't know. There's there's like a forty percent chance Disney did buy that movie. But um, staying in Epcot, this is not necessarily a good piece of news? Question mark or rather, it could end up being a bad piece of news because according to Scott Gustin, uh, Walt Disney World is reevaluating a previously announced plan of the play pavilion at epcot now the reason we're saying reevaluating is because uh it comes after uh people noticed that the play pavilion was removed from the epcot park map now it's unclear exactly what the future holds for the former wonders of life building but if the play pavilion is next it's going to be just one of a number of projects that were previously announced for epcot and then kind of seemingly dropped because, I mean, everybody loves that Mary Poppins ride in, in, in England, don't they? Um, uh, Jay, I think it was last week you were talking about how you were looking forward to the Play Pavilion coming. And the Play Pavilion does look cool. But um, the fact that it's being removed from the map, I don't know if that necessarily means it's done, done, or if it's just done for now. Yeah, it's not a good sign, but... Um... I yeah I I would love for it to come back and I I just want that building to be used again. It's sad to see, especially now that Guardians is open. It's it's not blocked anymore by the uh, the walls or the fake foliage that they put up in front of it. So it just it's sitting there, just empty and ugly. And uh, I think they used to use it for festivals, but they don't even do that anymore. So I don't think. So yeah, I I hope that it's not just something that like they're like going to ignore for a while and just say you know what we're going to put our money into doing some other things i hope that they come up with a plan for it and actually use it soon but yeah i'm, I'm worried yeah well and going back to the like like it's another one of the multitudes of things they announced for epcot and then they kind of had to put on the back burner i made the joke about the mary poppins attractions of Lest we forget, they did say they were going to do a major rehaul to Spaceship Earth. Uh, That has yet to happen. Uh, The Play Pavilion now seems to be on the back burner. But you have to remember, those announcements happened uh, right before the world caught fire. So you have to wonder, uh, well, I don't think you have to wonder. Clearly, uh, the COVID pandemic put a pause on a lot of those projects but at the same time now that disney is kind of getting back to pre-covid normal you have to wonder if those projects are necessarily priorities and kind of uh something that was mentioned those announcements were made under previous management as well so are these still something that current management is all that you know top of mind so to speak yeah i mean it it definitely could be something that's like pushed aside and addressed later. I mean, 
I just think as Epcot continues to be a crowded place, um, it would be nice to have another place for people to go and spread out the crowds a little bit. And plus, the the play pavilion looked cool. It so. did look cool. Looked very cool. Yeah. Though, of course, we only saw concept art of it, and you know, concept art can make anything look cool. So. That's true. You should see the concept art of me. It looks great. <laughs> me in real life, not so much. Yeah, you're okay. <laughs> and I mentioned him a little while ago, talking proverbial photo pass uh, meet and greets with uh, characters. Uh, after a multi-year closing, uh, the great Goofini and Friends returns as uh, Pete's silly sideshow in the Magic Kingdom returned yesterday, January 15th. Now, uh, the great Goofini... I said, and friends return. We're talking the great Goofini, the astounding Donald, Daisy Fortuna, and Mini Magni... What is that? Mag Magnifique? Magnifique. 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 There we go. Circle gets the oui, square. Oui. I'm sorry. I'm just a simple hillbilly from uh, from East Tennessee. I can only do so much. Uh, now, if you've never been to uh, Pete's Silly Sideshow, that is going to be uh, towards the uh, Storybook Circle area. And quite frankly, uh, as an adult, this now finally gives me a reason to go to the story. Uh, storybook circle area of the Magic Kingdom. Uh, it's located near the back left of said storybook circle, just past the Big Top Souvenirs and past the Casey Jr. Splash Pad. Now, uh, Minnie Magnifique and uh, Daisy Fortuna, they are going to be meet and greet together. And then the great Goofini and uh, the astounding Donaldo, excuse me, there's a Donald Oh, instead of just Donald, because, you know, he's uh, fancy and stuff like this. Uh, they are going to be meeting together uh, for their character meet and greet. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. Uh, the Great Goofini is one of those uh, meet and greets that I, they're characters that I always thought was fun. Um, I look forward to the next time I'm in the Magic Kingdom to go stand in line to meet the Great Goofini, the astounding uh, Donaldo, uh, Mini Mag Magnifique, and then uh, Daisy Fortuna. Yeah, I, I got to do this before they shut that meet and greet down back in the day, and it was really fun uh, to go meet the characters in their special costumes. With the they have really cool backgrounds and stuff, and and getting the interaction with the classic characters is always clutch. So I'm excited for it to be back. Did you not ever go in there when they were using it for the um, what the relaxation stations during COVID times? No, no, never, never made it back there for a relaxation station. Okay. Yeah. So I was never able to breathe in the atmosphere of, of that big top feel okay. that, that, gotcha. it, that it has and continues to have theming wise. Uh, Steffers, do you have any experience uh, with the meet and greet or when it was a uh, relaxation station? I don't, but I do want to say that Daisy looks like a sleigh dude <laughs> like i need a photo just with daisy like i mean not to not to poo poo on anyone else but daisy whoo 10 out of 10 girlfriend yeah she Keep she has her has her crystal ball there and then uh, and then mini uh magnifique has uh her poodles there mm -hmm. with her all dressed up uh then, of course, uh, the great Goofini is there to uh, do death-defying stunts, though. If you look behind him, it looks like a uh, motorcycle is already trying to escape the cage. And then the uh, great uh, Donaldo, or amazing, excuse me, Donaldo has uh, snakes very similar to what you might find out of Aladdin's Jafar. Though, uh, talking on photos, uh, 
This is something that people discovered once it reopened yesterday, something that was introduced during COVID-19 um, has made its return, though it wasn't up and running for the reopening of this character meet and greet. The Disney PhotoPass automated cameras have been installed at each one of these meet and greet spaces. The automated cameras replace a traditional PhotoPass cast member. So instead of being able to uh, be mobile like a cast member, these boxes are stationary and simply snap photos at regular intervals. Um, now, there are, quote unquote, friends of the cast members who were there, at least on opening day, who were more than happy to take guests' phone or guests' cameras and take pictures. So you do still have that option. Uh, and hopefully they those friends of ca uh, friends of characters will still be there to do that. Because I will be honest, um, hearing that it's just the automated uh, cameras, kind of kind of a bummer because uh, the cast member there with the with the photo or the cast member there with the camera, they know how to, I guess, get the angles. And, you know, there's there's always that little bit of play back and forth between the character and you and that cast member who is taking your picture and is capturing that moment. And I think that if it's just an automated camera, it kind of takes a little bit of the magic away from it. Um, I do understand it could be a cost-cutting effort. Um, I do understand you don't necessarily need as many cast members there but at the same time it's still kind of a bummer that the automated boxes it looks like is going to be the way to go when it comes to uh these meet and greets at pete at pete's silly sideshow yeah i agree I, I having the the camera operated by an actual living breathing cast member is is what you want in those situations because the play back and forth and also you know, they're able to capture the special moments that I worry an automated camera may not be able to. Like, you know, I, I have really good memories of taking the family and, and doing the character meet and greets. And there are pictures that got snapped that I was so grateful that somebody was there to... Because I was distracted at the time watching the kids interact with the characters. And, you know, it, 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 and it starts right away. As soon as they get to run up and give that first hug to Goofy or Pluto or Minnie or whoever it may be... You know, and some of those things that the cast member would immediately start shooting, and I just, I just wonder how it's going to work uh, mm -hmm. with the automated boxes. Well, and and like I said, uh, these automated boxes are going to be taking cameras at regular intervals, so there's no guarantee that when you're somebody in in your party, or heck, if you're a big giant kid like me, when you run up to hug the great Goofini, if that box is going to capture that. So, so I, yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of a bummer. And hopefully if uh, Josh tomorrow and the Disney higher ups are listening to the fans, we, we know Josh tomorrow loves does does Disney. We greatly appreciate the five-star review you left last week, Josh. Um, hopefully this is something that will quickly go, go away because I mean, I'd talk about it at the end that cast members are rock stars and, and they have, particularly these cast members with the camera, they do have an eye for the moment. And, 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 and Jay, you talked about it. You miss moments that you are, that, that, that you don't realize happen just because you're so immersed, like, like being there with your family. And that's, 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 a, that's part of the draw of going to Disney is being in the moment with the ones you love and, and seeing the joy they have when they hug the great Goofini or, or they give the amazing Donald O a, a, a high five or something like that. The cast member is there to capture that. The box ain't. It's a bummer. Yeah, that's right. 
Oh, and uh, speaking of uh, Pluto, you did mention apparently uh, Pluto pre-COVID, there was uh, uh, Pluto um, representation, so to speak. Pluto had a special costume. Uh, Pluto is not part of these meet and greets, but he does wander around uh, the area around Pete's silly sideshow. So while you can't do the meet and greet with Pluto in his special costume, Pluto is still out there. So for all you Pluto fans, uh, just FYI. Just wandering around off a leash. Do they well, think that's the best idea? It's fine. He has his tag on and identification. So so if he gets picked up, Mickey can go get him from the pound. Well, I'm just saying they just restarted the train. You don't want the dog to run out on the tracks. Lord Jay, no, no, no. It's a don't, risk. Don't leash be. your dogs, people. Okay, you're not wrong. You should be leashing your dogs, but don't, don't be putting mental images of Pluto being hit by a train. That's not right. But uh, another character that is uh, born of circus origins in Disney, not necessarily for these uh, character meet and greets with the great Goofini, we're talking Dumbo. And if you're a pass holder, the Dumbo pass holder magnet is debuting um, later this week, starting January 18th, running through February 20th. If you are a pass holder, you can head over to Epcot and visit Creations between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. No virtual queue for the pickup. Each pass holder must be present and show their valid AP card, linked Magic Band, or Disney Magic Mobile Pass, and government-issued photo ID to pick up the magnet. Uh, this magnet is very similar to what they've been doing with the new iterations, the new looks of the AP magnets. It's the big Disney uh, D and a character on the inside, but instead of Mickey and Minnie, like we've been getting with the last couple, it's Dumbo this time. And it comes in a nice purple uh, outline and Dumbo hanging out on the inside. So uh, I'm looking forward to picking mine up when I'm down in Epcot. So uh, if you are an annual pass holder and you are going to be down in Epcot between once again, January 18th and the 20th, Go pick it up because it's free and you already paid for your AP. So so if they're going to give it to you, go get it, baby. Absolutely. I love that Dumbo's going to be on the magnet. It, that's just, that was kind of a surprise. Like um, some of these older classic characters. I mean, I know that we've got the Dumbo ride that's always going to be a mainstay in Magic Kingdom, but I feel like they just don't always get the, the love on some of the promotional things, you know. So good to see Dumbo on a pass holder magnet. I love it. Yeah, it, it, kind of a surprise, kind of random little bit that it is Dumbo, um, but it is nice to see some of the older characters get a little bit of love. I'm going to put y'all on the spot. If you could put a character on an AP magnet, who would it be and why? Does that Ricky. have to be one that hasn't been? Sorry. Steppers. Oh, that's okay. But that's I'm a asking question. for I'm asking for guidelines here. Hmm. Either or. Okay. Go ahead, Steppers. Cricky. I think Cricky is a very underrated... Uh, Disney character and needs more love. Okay. And it'd be really cute, like coming out of the D, like I think it would be perfect. Whatever. Anyway. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um hmm. That's that's tough. Like I, I hadn't really thought about but right now I'm thinking of just classic characters and I'd love a I'd love a Peter Pan. Oh, that'd be cool. Pass holder magnet. That'd be fun. That'd be, that'd be cool. I agree. Because I feel like under the previous iterations of the pass holders, we most definitely got a Tinkerbell one, right? When it was when it was yes. a circle and it was just Tink's face. Okay, yeah. But a Peter Pan one, that could be cool. Yeah. Do it. Do it, Disney. 
yeah, Disney, do it, you cowards. Wait, I don't, I don't know why I made it so hostile at the end. I apologize. Uh, I'm gonna go Powerline. How about that? Wow. Okay. I, I love that suggestion. I, I love to see that we're continuing the the conversation of Powerline and and the Goofy movie here on Dawes Does Disney because it is something that I think has been taken up by like Disney, um, like Diz Twitter and Disney social media. There's a there's a huge fan base for the the Goofy movie, and um, you know sometimes you even see the characters come out now, um, and it would be pretty cool to see, you know, a little more of that in the parks for sure. One thousand. Well, and and it's like um, I would love if Disney started re-emphasizing a Goofy movie or Goof Troop because uh, the smoking hot girlfriend uh, has introduced uh, the ambassador, her little girl, to a goofy movie and she loved it so i mean like 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 a goofy movie is a flat out great movie period so so disney do more with a goofy movie power line how about a new goofy movie Ooh, there we go i like that idea stand up for a new goofy movie didn't it just celebrate some sort of a milestone it came out in 95 so i guess not but it's coming well, up hey, that, I means was born. that means it's coming up on a milestone in a couple years Perfect time so, to re-release it in theaters. How about that? Yeah, or how about just a new one? Or a new one, or why not both? Or, or like like a like a 4K release on uh, on Disney uh, Blu-ray or something like that. I'd take it. Roger Rabbit got that treatment a few years ago. Which, by the way, that movie still holds up. Roger Rabbit's still phenomenal. So dang good. It's great. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's all the Disney news that I have to report on. But that is not the only theme park news that broke this week because uh here on Daz does disney it's not disney versus universal it's disney and universal so at this time i would like to reach across the universal to my friend steppers because after the tomorrow news dump uh it almost feels like uh universal's like oh yeah watch this because universal had their own news dump as well steppers um universal parks and resorts bringing a brand new theme park to Frisco, Texas, which is, I think, near Dallas. Someone can confirm or deny. Uh, It'll be geared toward families with young children, and it won't be as large as the other parks, but it'll still proudly offer the same quality. I will say with Kid Zone closing, RIP Kid Zone, I feel like that's the kind of vibe that we might get going into this new park. Can't confirm nor deny. That is my speculation. Um... What do you guys think? I mean, I'm going to go, but I don't, I mean, I don't have high expectations for this. I just think like, cool, bonus park. Yay. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the way to view it as like a bonus park. I don't know if this is necessarily something I'm forming a vacation around because, again, it's like I don't have a kid. But if I had a kid, maybe possibly, and, and Universal has said this is a one to two day experience so it's not necessarily something like going to universal orlando or going to walt disney world or going to the left coast of like disneyland and universal hollywood where it's something you have to plan like a week for like this could be a quick weekend trip or a long weekend like if you were to go over a holiday where you have a monday off work you could fly in to Dallas Friday, go Saturday, Sunday, fly out on a Monday and get the full experience. And plus it's like, I mean, even though, you know, I'm a 30 something year old person and Jay's in the similar age group of me and Steffers is noted young person, um, not everything has to be made for us. So I like the fact that there are gonna be options for 
the younger audience out there and you get them hooked when they're younger. So once they do become noted young person, age group like Steffers or in the 30 somethings like me and Jay and some of you, the listener, um, they do want to spend their disposable incomes at their bigger parks. So I, I think this is a go. I think this is a cool move from universal. Yes, I am in my 30 somethings. <laughs> I wasn't going to correct him. <laughs> I, I'm not correcting him. I'm agreeing. Um, I am in my 30 somethings. Um, and I, I, this isn't something personally that I would travel for, but like you said, it's not hurting anything. I think it's, if there is something that, um, you know, something unique to that park, I, maybe I'll be, who knows? I, I can't imagine a situation where I'm going to travel to Dallas anytime soon, but I did just find out that in Frisco, there's also a national video game museum. So oh, I'd go to that. Yeah. Oh, so maybe hit that up. Yeah. Hit that up while you're there. All right. So bad boys trip. I like Men it. Yeah. It. Yeah. We can, uh, we, we can have a bad boys convention. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> um, that wasn't the most exciting news that came out of universal. I know that that's pretty exciting, but that's not what I'm most excited for. The biggest news is universal parks and resorts announced a permanent, <clears throat> let me say that again, permanent horror centric Landon's favorite experience to las vegas fans can expect a variety of universal classic films and contemporary frights brought to life through a continuously updated offering and the concept art has jack in it and if you don't know who jack is look it up but i am so hype mm -hmm. about this and i'm so glad it's going to be in vegas because like i think that that's such a perfect place for it oh I'm excited. There's really no other details yet around any of these things, but I—I I mean, I know Landon's gonna hop on the first plane. Oh yeah, Vegas. yeah. I'm—I'm I'm actually uh, booking uh, that trip to Vegas right now, so I can not go to that. I think it's pretty cool because <laughs> I think one of the things that I've come to appreciate the most of Halloween Horror Nights over the last couple years of just being a brand new fan are the unique characters that they create and the lore and the story and all of that that goes around Halloween Horror Nights. So being able to use more of that is really exciting to me. And um, I'm, I'm going to tell you, actually, when this news broke, I didn't even mention it to Casey, my own personal smoking hot girlfriend. She brought it up to me and said, sounds like we need to take a trip to Vegas sometime soon. And I was like, all right, oh, sign yeah. me up. Okay. Yeah. So we're going. Well, and Landon. It's it's no. this is not something that I'm probably going to attend because if I'm going to Vegas, I'm going to Vegas for different reasons, y'all. But it's like I can appreciate the lore that Universal has put into their horror icons, particularly Jack and the likes like that. And the production values that they do put into the houses, I think, is phenomenal. It's top notch. Um, I'm just a big giant uh, scaredy chicken, and I prefer the Mickey's not so scary Halloween speed of things as opposed to, uh, as we lovingly refer to it, Mickey's scary as f Halloween party. Um, I do think it is cool that it's going to be a permanent installation. Uh, in a place like Vegas, this feels perfect. Um, and I do think it's cool, like Steffers mentioned, this is going to be something that is constantly updated. It's going to have, yeah, sure, probably your classic movies, but at the same time, like, say, something like Megan is doing big numbers at the box office, which it is. Maybe they'll do a Megan house and maybe it'll be a teaser or a 
almost an audition, so to speak, for the big stage of Halloween Horror Night at Universal and or Hollywood later that year. And maybe uh, we saw this past year, what was it, uh, Dead Man's Wharf, that seemed to be a very well-received, much-beloved attraction or a much-beloved house uh, that Halloween Horror Night introduced for the first time. Maybe what's not to say that something like that makes a permanent move to this new setup in Las Vegas. So it gets a stay on life. Like granted, kind of going to what we were saying about the uh, Frisco, Texas uh, gate, quote unquote, uh, not necessarily for me, but I am glad it is out there because I mean, like, like, like you two dummies are two of my closest friends and I, and I love y'all to death and I know y'all love Halloween Horror Night. So, so I think this is super awesome for, for you guys and people that do love Halloween Horror Night. Like, heck, it's like we were talking before we started uh, rolling. I went and saw my neurologist this week and she went and saw Halloween Horror Night this past week and she knew that I went down there and wanted to get my thoughts and I was like, yeah, not my speed. And she's like, yeah, scared the crap out of me, but I think I liked it. So, you know, um, uh, I think it's, I think it's cool. Again, not necessarily for me, if I'm heading to Vegas, I'm heading to the casinos uh, to put my money in paper shredders and make bad decisions. But I think I, I think it's awesome that this I is I think happening. your number one bad decision is to take part in this horror experience. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, nope. I tried. Everyone, <laughs> start a petition. It's fine. Yes, yes, because petitions work so well. Staffers, there are tons of really, 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 really bad decisions to make in me, Vegas. Me, my I'm a scaredy chicken butt. I think we should start some sort of a, a charity fundraiser um, that could potentially motivate Landon to do such a thing. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just saying. Maybe maybe if we were raising money for like Give Kids the World or something like that, it could possibly motivate Landon to do, do like it for the children. One scary event. <laughs> the children, Landon, the children. Yeah, if you're going to try and throw me under the bus, I'm going to throw you under the bus. That same uh, fundraiser uh, to, to get you to run a marathon. How about that? I'm not afraid of a marathon. I just don't want to do it. So I would <laughs> forgive kids the world. Take that. I'm not I'm not afraid of Halloween Horror Night. I just don't Wrong. want to do it. Incorrect. <laughs> Wrong, yeah. It can be two things, Jay. It can be two things. It can't be. <laughs> d d incorrect. Uh but uh but yeah, I I I think this is really cool and quite frankly it's like what a week to be a fan of theme parks. Yeah. Honestly, pretty lit week, y'all. Like holy pretty crap. Pretty lit. Yeah, man. I, I was saying that probably your uh, Dawes Does Disney episode this week was going to be three hours long, and we're almost there. Right? It, well, <laughs> it, it, uh, it's it's going to be about half that, so uh, to keep it from getting the uh, full length there, I'm going to make this week's question of the week to you, the lovely listener. What I asked Jay and what I asked Steffers, if you could pick a character to be on an annual pass holder magnet, who would it be and why? How about that? That, that, that feels like a good question to ask y'all. And uh, speaking of question of the week and it being a crazy week for theme park news, let's talk about last week's question of the week where I asked you uh, potential WWE being purchased by Disney or rather ABC Disney and Disney representation or bringing WWE into the parks. What would you think about it? Um, I'm kind of surprised y'all seem to be on board with it. Uh, we had a lot of Questions asking if, like, you know, Trish Stratus and uh, the fabulous Moolah would end up being 
WWE princesses. I will answer it uh, as such. Trish Stratus, yes, would be a Disney princess. Uh, the fabulous Moolah, no, would not be a Disney princess because even the WWE is trying to disown and uh, distance themselves from the fabulous Moolah. So uh, I'm I'm uh, glad to hear that y'all uh, would be on board with that, though. Uh, I really would like to see Disney purchase uh, the WWE as opposed to another rumored uh, entity that would like to purchase the WWE, and that being the uh, Saudi Arabian government. So, you know, uh, anybody but that. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but yeah, this has been a, a fun episode, a very news-heavy episode of Does Does Disney. We did a little bit of history uh, off the top and then just a slew of game-changing news, I feel. But uh, thank you all for joining us. Before we hit the door, um, this is generally the part where I throw to my co-host, for plugs, but there are two of you, so I don't know who goes first. Who's on first? Steffers on first. Um, hello. My name is Steffers. Uh, you can catch me on Instagram or TikTok, Adventures with Steffers. Um, one day I will record a new podcast episode <laughs> and put that out on the internet. But until then, you can catch up on all 50 episodes I currently have out. The name of the pod is Adventures with Stuffers, and you can listen to it on all your pod catchers. Will I make a streaming re-debut? Probably not. So just 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 go check me out on YouTube and we'll we'll call it that a day. Adventures with Stuffers on YouTube as well. Nailed it. It's a heck of well, a plug there, Stuffers. I try. I go by the name of Justin Monorail, but now I'm changing it to a figment popcorn bucket's daddy. <laughs> Here he is. He's with me. I hold him. I caress him. It's an audio-based format. My... They can't see it. I'm explaining it. I'm describing it. Okay. Anyway. Yellow eyes. <laughs> Yellow eyes. Yeah. Anyway. At least you're not making us look up Chewbacca's uh, Life Day skirt again. That was weird. <laughs> that was just for the, the pre-show. Um, I am Justin underscore monorail on social media, and I host a show called The Passholder Lounge, which is now a live show on YouTube every tuesday at 8 p.m eastern we just started this last week as we mentioned it was a lot of fun and i look forward yep. to much more hilarious antics in the very near future so please join us search for you on youtube you can search for youtube too if you don't know how to find it but then once you're there the pass holder lounge it will come up you will see all three of these lovely faces on that first episode yep uh you can see these three lovely faces and you can hear two of them sound really good. And then this lovely face sounded like complete ass. So no, oh. don't beat yourself up. It wasn't that bad. It's all good. And and we're going to get better as we go. It's a process. <laughs> Most definitely a process, but I do not agree to uh, saying I uh, will get better as we go. I, <laughs> okay. I, I, I refuse to agree to that. Uh, follow me on Twitter. L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me. Landon Doan. I'm the best. Landon Doan, not the rest. That's where you can follow me. 280 characters at a time on Twitter. I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips. Sit on your butt. And munch. There we go. Tag team back again. Um, uh, there you can find stuff I did in my college radio days. Interviews with the cast of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Futurama, Venture Brothers, uh, speaking on the WWE, old wrestling podcasts, uh, 
Marvel movie, podcast, stuff like that. But I also appear on the Phil Show at Newstalk987.com. That's the website where we stream 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Newstalk987.com, also available in the iHeartRadio app and the Newstalk987 app as well. So, uh, Jay, Steffers, any final thoughts before we hit the dough? I've shared plenty of thoughts today. I think my, no, nothing. Steffers? <laughs> well said. Um, no, I just want to say thank you to all of the support and love. And that is all. Well, and welcome back, buddy. We missed you. Welcome back, Steffers! Steffers! Thanks. All right, so uh, thank a cast member. Thank a team member. Disney and Universal already talked about how they are the rock stars and they make what you have work. We love coming down to your park. Some of us even tolerate spending all of our money at your parks. But again, without them, your machine doesn't turn. So treat them like the rock stars that they are and pay them a living wage. Be decent to each other. You don't know what everybody else has going on in their life. You don't know how far a kind word or a kind gesture can go. And on top of that, it costs you nothing to be nice. So, you know, be nice and be decent to yourself as well. Take care of yourself. Your mental health, just as important as your physical health as well. And uh, breathe, have a little bit of fun too. If you can do both of those things, that would mean the world to me. So for my friend Steffers and for my friend Justin Monorail, my name is Landon Doan. You've been great. We've been Does Does Disney. Stay tuned for the secret sound, you Jedi scum. Nope, it oh, is there not. there you go. Yep. want to thank you, Lorne. Lorne, um, uh, thank you to the three non-blondes. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's always been been a dream of mine to host. Um, uh, I, I feel like I'm uh, forgetting somebody to thank. I just want to thank you all. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, Improv at the Apollo's up next. Good night, New York. Good night, New York. You look like the Jesus of Bob's Burgers in this picture. <laughs> I'll take it. I think I'm going to update my Twitter profile. I got I got doodads and dingleberries, y'all. I need to get some blackout curtains. I used We're to just have black some. out every day. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I do that. And my doctor says that I have a problem and it's going to shorten my life expectancy. And that's oh, not how know. adults do it. There were a lot of air quotes. So my uh, my mom sent me a Disney gift card for Christmas, and I decided to take advantage of the fact that there were some things on Shop Disney I didn't buy for myself. So I was like, that would be an irresponsible purchase. But now I have number one, Life Day Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> I got Life Day Chewy, and uh, he's so cute. You look up his dress. Woo! I don't oh, know wow. if I want to look up his dress. But... Yeah. Speaking of too much information. Yep. And this is never too much information when it comes to Chewy, number oh, one. okay. All right. Wow. Okay. I also got myself Life Day Chewy shirt. <laughs> so so is, uh, did you buy yourself like a Life Day gift pack? Well, I was going to also get the mug that's the little blue orb, but I didn't do it. And instead, I used the last bit on Animal Boxers. <laughs> now, that's phenomenal. Yeah, those are good. Hashtag save the boxers um i don't think that's how that goes look at figment's gaping hole 
You could fit lots of small items in there. Well, that's definitely going to be a secret sound. Chewy's got blue balls. Who did that oh, to you, Chewy? Oh, that's just mm. that to you. Mm. Mm. Lots to unpack there. Lot to unpack there. Or you can catch it on the way to go f yourself. Uh, go f yourself, San Diego. You know, illuminations, figment, wumble combo, Merry Christmas. Man, remember when we used to say things got pwned? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And we were like lead and stuff. The barges are getting pwned. It always has to go back to the barges. Man, you're going to have to like come up with, with a new gimmick after the barges are gone. I know. I got subtweeted by Jay, aesthetic pub puppet on uh, Twitter. <laughs> Who basically said the same thing the day that it was announced and said that all these people who make uh, hating the barges, their personality are going to have to come up with a new gimmick. That's I hilarious. Like, I said, Jay, you could just say my name. That's that's all you have to say. Oh, my God. Zoe just cut the worst part. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. What is Zoe's living her best you? life. She's just rolled onto her back and now she's like flopping around. I guess she's itching her back or something on the futon. Oh, I think I have to move. <laughs> Light oh, a candle. I can taste it. Oh. oh. They might as well call it the figment farts. Quick question, though. Am I crazy? Yes. Or did they? Or yeah, Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> a yes. Asked and answered. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. What? Finish your statement. Moving on. L let, let, me, let me jump in and stop you. My internet completely the bed so it, it jumped in after you saying you will go so so can you take it from the top buddy sorry oh i mean the the recording will still work but sure can wait the whole thing the whole news the whole big news yes the entire podcast ah, yes. from the okay top. it's a monday no <laughs> could you imagine i'm gonna um... lay down in the floor <laughs> <laughs> i will quit the podcast at that point <laughs> I'm a scaredy chicken butt. I got two Krispy Kreme donuts downstairs ready for my consumption. All right. Y'all take care. Have a good weekend. You too. All right. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff I can do well. Heck, there's even a couple things I can do very well. But when it comes to graphic design, that is one thing I cannot do at all. Thankfully, I have a friend in Matt and love of the mouse multimedia. You know and love their work. The sleek and soon-to-be-beloved logo for this very podcast, Does Does Disney, that was them. The classic morning monorail logo and all its variants, that was Love of the Mouse too. And not only does Love of the Mouse have an incredible talent for graphic design, they're easy to work with and collaborate. They listen to your ideas and suggestions, then they bring them to life. So if you're looking to start your own blog, podcast, YouTube channel, Etsy shop, whatever creative outlet that you're thinking of, Love of the Mouse can help your brand to stand out in the crowd. Connect with Matt on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by searching Love of the Mouse Multimedia or at L-O-T-M Multimedia or visit loveofthemousepodcast.com or email loveofthemousepodcast at gmail.com to contact him about your design needs. We're talking logos, social media promos, advertisements, websites, and so much more. And if you're uh, looking for some more awesome Disney content, make sure and subscribe to his show, Love of the Mouse Podcast, on your favorite streaming applications. And tell him the Dawes sent you. I, I, I don't know if that'll get you anything up. I just always wanted to say that. We'll